Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. insight into the day-to-day tasks and goals of what it looks like at our vendor HQ. And our hope in doing so is that we can help you identify areas of growth in your own team. And this is the last of our team series episode, and this is with our leadership team. I'm very excited to introduce them to you. You've heard from them both already, but um, this is in a different way. You also may have looked on our Instagram in some reels. We've got a day in the life of every single person that's been on this team series episodes series with us, and um, we'd love for you to go check those out. So welcome to our series that we're in right now. We're breaking apart each part of our business and the people who serve in each of those positions. Today is the last, like I mentioned, and you'll get to hear from our leadership team. Kaylee leads our creative team members, Gabriel leads our operations team members, and I lead our sales and floral team members. So we each have a different part that we break apart. Kaylee's made her appearance on this podcast from day one, but for our new listeners, Kaylee has been on the team since 2017 and is a vital part of this team. She's our chief creative officer and on our leadership team and has a beautifully orchestrated how the Renda brand looks and feels through her creative eye. Hey friends, it's nice to be back on the podcast and I love um, these people that I'm sitting here with, so I'm excited to talk about leadership with them. You also have heard from Gabriel on the team series about operations just a couple weeks ago, but he's back again and he's also on our leadership team. Gabriel is our director of operations and brings a sense of humor and joy to our team daily. He gets all of our logistics and operations sorted out and put together for our event teams. Yeah, I'm happy to be back and be recording with both of you guys, and Kaylee, it's good to have you back as well. All right, in our most recent team meeting, which we do these on a quarterly basis, I brought up something that I'm learning from a guy named Donald Miller about how he set up his company, and I want to share it with you here as well. He uses an airplane to describe how his team is set up. So when you picture an airplane, There is the cockpit, which is the leadership side of your business. The passengers are the team members. The body is the overhead cost of your business. Your engines are your sales and marketing. Your wings are your products and your fuel tanks are your cash flow. I love that description because it shows just a very realistic thing that most people have been on before and you can't be able to even drive an airplane without a cockpit of leadership. You can't have anyone to take if you don't have team members. And I mentioned in our team meeting that whether you have a few team members or you have a full airplane full of team members, you're still able to drive your airplane and get it to where it needs to go. And then your body being your overhead cost of business costs a lot to run an airplane and it costs a lot to run a business. 
And then your engines, you can't have your right engine without your left engine to fly. You can't have your left without your right, which means you can't have your sales without marketing. You can't have your marketing without sales. So both are equally as important to the success of your business. And then your wings being the products, it's really hard to sell something or market something if you don't have products, which is why the engines have to be placed on wings. And then your, your fuel tanks, it's hard to go anywhere without cash flow. And so if your sales and marketing and your products aren't converting, there's going to be no cash flow to go, which means there's going to be no fuel to get to where you want to be as a business. I'd love to hear from you guys what your thoughts are on this and how it affects both of your sides of the business. Well, I think that I really, really like the way that this look or paints a picture um, for like the cohesion of a team um, and just really having, you know, you can't have, you can't have one without the other kind of thing. So if, if the body isn't, is damaged or something of the overhead costs, you can't, you can't take off. Like there's different things um, that I think this paints a really good picture of just how, um, yeah, how business works and how a team works. Yeah, I think it's like what Gabe said is it really paints a good picture because I think we think about these things on a daily basis or at least you hope that you think about these things on a daily basis but whenever it's laid out this way it makes it very clear of right we do need to have sales and we do need to have marketing I mean I remember I've been on the team for a long time so I remember seasons where we were struggling revenue wise and so one way that we cut costs was dropped marketing expenses and then we saw sales drop. And so it was this correlation of, oh yeah, we do need to sustain both. You can't have one without the other. Like you truly can't have one without the mm -hmm. other. And we are, we've experienced that and we've seen that happen. Like during COVID, we didn't have sales. We were marketing our business, like <laughs> nobody's business. We were spending, we were spending a lot of time. We weren't necessarily spending a lot of money on marketing, but we we're spending a lot of time and there was no one to really execute um, because we didn't really have a team at that time or we didn't, it makes sense why things weren't happening mm -hmm. the way that they were supposed to, because some of these items weren't being utilized. Right. Well, even if you think about that, sometimes a plane, it might be really rocky to only fly a plane with one engine. Um, my dad, a long time ago, man, this is probably 15 years ago. He was on a plane, I think from Atlanta to Phoenix when we used to live in Phoenix. And he had to make an emergency landing in Birmingham, Alabama, because one of the engines wasn't working. Crazy. And he describes it as they went for a while, but it was super rocky. Uh, yeah. And he remembers going down onto the tarmac, like they were coming down from the sky onto the tarmac, and there was thousands of emergency vehicles oh just oh waiting because they were preparing to crash land. Yeah. And the um, the cockpit, the pilots literally went on the thing and was like you should probably make some calls i can't guarantee that we're going to land safely and this is like the worst news i've ever had to make and i'm sorry like we wow. i didn't have anything to do with this but you should make some calls thankfully my dad is still here <laughs> he did not do a crash landing it was a very rocky landing but we can have that same example of the mm -hmm. pandemic yeah, yeah. There was no sales coming in. Yes, we had some marketing, but it was a really rocky, mm -hmm. really tough two years. And if we would have stopped marketing and stopped sales at the same time, we would have crashed. Yeah. And we would have been gone. It's literally the same way as a 
of captain flying the plane adjusting according to turbulence exactly. that's like the outside yep you know things coming in yeah and as the leadership team we had to make some really tough calls mm-hmm. we had to lay off some people we had to cut costs on things that were really kind of necessary but we had to cut the cost because we couldn't afford it it was really tough to be that uh, pilot of this plane saying hey I'm so sorry I have to lay you off because I can't afford to keep you on my payroll. And whether I wanted to make those calls or didn't want to, I had to, and it was the worst news I had to give. Mm -hmm. And our body, the overhead cost of business was still existing, maybe not as solid as it is today. And our fuel tanks, the cash flow, if you're low on fuel, maybe you guys have driven a car where your fuel has gotten small but you don't make it too far and you kind of like putter a little bit until it's out I feel like we were puttering quite a bit Mm -hmm. but thankfully we were able to refuel um, a little bit and so I love that this example you can take um, a really great flight you can take a really crappy flight Mm -hmm. and apply it to business and it's the same scenario yeah absolutely well, I hope that is encouraging uh, for our listeners to listen to. It was a huge realization. And, and Donna Miller, he's got a great podcast for those listening. I highly recommend it. Um, in every episode, he quickly <laughs> says that acronym or the way that he describes an airplane um, every single episode. He starts the episode that way because it's a leadership podcast. Um, highly recommend it. It's a great listen. All right, leadership is at the core of our team. And as we look at the business from different angles and anticipate ways that others might not be able to see or experience. Kaylee, how has this transformed how we navigate through tough situations throughout your time at Render? Yeah, I think this is a really good question. And upon reflecting on it, it made me think about how everyone is gifted with different skills and um, with different traits. And um, it helps us whether you're on the leadership team, whether you're an employee, whatever, you're still leading people, whether you know it or not. It helps us provide valuable insight for the rest of the team. So for example, I am a extremely empathetic person um, and I care really deeply about our team members. I care about how they're impacted by business decisions. I care about how they're, they're perceiving business decisions. And so when I was asked to be on the leadership team, I was able to provide a new perspective as to how an employee would take a decision. And in practice, one of the things that um, we implemented was kind of explaining the why behind decisions. A lot of times um, as business owners or leaders, we are thinking through all the alternatives as to yes or no on a decision. Like there are so many different thoughts that go through our mind but we don't always take the time or have the time to share all of the whys. Mm -hmm. And it can be really easy to forget because you've thought through all of the options Mm -hmm. that you haven't shared with the team why you came to that decision or what the conclusion was. And so something we started to implement um, was, hey, here's why. Here's why we can't do that right now. Or here's why we have to do this right now. I know it's not ideal, but here's why. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really transformative for our team. It was also very helpful for me because I really struggled with, man, these new initiatives are really hard for people. Like people are coming up to me and telling me I'm really struggling or this is really hard. And so um, 
it's it's freed up our leadership team to be confident in the decisions that we're making and for our team to trust our leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's also important while she talks about that for you to think of your own teams and make sure you have people on your leadership teams that um, maybe not necessarily make up for some of the things that you don't have strengths in, but really complement your own leadership. Um, while I certainly deeply care about our employees, I am not the same Enneagram number as Kaylee. I have a little bit of, I have a more cold personality. Not that I'm a cold person. No, you're not. But I have a little bit of a colder personality right. than a warmer uh, personality. Yeah. And so Kaylee's a really great way that she can, and she knows me so well because we've worked together side by side for the last four and a half years. Um, knows me so well that she understands maybe the warmer side of my decisions and is able to then uh, talk that out with other people. And um, it's really great. So I encourage those who are listening, the people on your team, make sure they're not one exact replicate of you because it's just not going to work. And two, you have people who can make smart, wise, strategic decisions alongside of you and see some of the blind spots that maybe you don't see as clearly. Yeah, and I would say share the same values and mission as the mm-hmm. company has defined. Right. Because if you have someone who is not on board with your mission, you're going to be clashing constantly. Yeah. And the decisions that you make as a leadership team are ultimately going to benefit your business. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it can be really easy to like see leadership skills in people and say, like, yeah, they would make a great leader. Does it make the most sense for them to be a leader for this team? Mm-hmm. Like, look at your team, look right. at the skills, mm-hmm. look at the weaknesses on your team, and identify does this person fill that need? Right. I think that's really valid for sure. All right. We meet quarterly as a leadership team and we do a deep dive of our business. However, we all share an office as well and we have weekly connection calls to keep us on the same page. Gabriel, you've been on the leadership team for about two months now. And you've been part of one leadership team meeting now. With that said, how important is sharing an office and staying connected as a leadership team? Yeah, I think something that I've just realized since I have been here uh, for a short amount of time that um, it's just, it's so vital that we communicate. Um, Obviously, the daily communication is, you know, um, super important, um, but also setting aside the time for us to go on those rabbit trails that sometimes are annoying, but also necessary. (laughs) Um, so that we can look at the grand, you know, grand scheme of things and really just like regroup, readjust like where we needed and kind of revitalize our plans to succeed as leaders. Um, you know, that's, yeah, just been so helpful as a new leader on this team. Um, but as well as continuing forward, I think it just, it will only help, you know, getting back on the same page. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, now that I'm primarily working remotely, having the weekly check-ins and connections over the phone has been vital for me being able to serve our team well. Um, It can feel kind of isolating over here of just like getting slacks every once in a while of like, oh, we just acquired this client or this contract is booked. And so um, by having Cam and Gabriel loop me in real time on the current pulse of the team, um, and what projects we're working on is 
very crucial. It's also very crucial for me because it helps me stay in the know and it helps me lead our team effectively because without that, I'm just kind of like, hey, mm -hmm. maybe we should do this and it's not effective at all. Right. Um, during our team meetings, we talk about what we shorten as PPP. This is not the funding from the government, let me tell you. This is people, <laughs> projects, and plans. We talk about our people and how they're performing, how they can succeed more in big accomplishments. We talk about projects and what we talk about is what's coming up that needs attention. We don't necessarily go through every single order, but we talk about the big things, the big projects that we're working on, um, especially ones that have a big cost that go with it, big launches or places that we might need assistance. For plans, we then look at upcoming plans that we have outside of people or projects that we need to focus on. Why is this so important that we look at these different areas instead of just lumping them all together? Again, it refocuses our why. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we've ever read our official why on the podcast, but I uh, am going to kind of share that with you so you kind of have a perspective of kind of what we track through as a leadership team. So at Render, we are high achievers who do what needs to be done to complete the task at hand. When we're not at work, we live well, enjoy ourselves, and reconnect with our personal values. We are growth-minded, we are intentional, we anticipate, we choose to ground ourselves in gratitude and celebrate wins. So those are the core values of Render, and that's what makes up the DNA of Render. Uh, and it furthers our mission of creating a work environment that is healthy, thriving, and intentional for all team members. So as a leadership team, we're committed to keeping that at the forefront of our minds to lead our community well. But it's also something that we expect all of our community um, to play a role in to execute this mission. And so by us spending time talking through the people, the projects, the plans, we're able to make sure that what we're working on goes back to our why and is benefiting our team and our community. Yeah. We also have a SWOT analysis, which is a pretty corporate-driven term, but is so important to any business for any size. This means that you focus on the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and make a plan for specifically flexing in those strengths and opportunities, and then creating a game plan to attack our weaknesses and threats. How does this protect and inform our business, Gabriel? Yeah, I think in the past, unfortunately, I've seen leadership almost shy away from the structure in some other, you know, employment, um, just because the conversations might be hard or uncomfortable at times, because uh, it really forces you to be realistic and acknowledge maybe some blind spots you currently have um, as a company. Um, so I love getting to go through this practice uh, because we did we got to talk about our opportunities or weaknesses for my specific team, um, but it also provided some accountability across you know across teams as well, um, you know to make a plan to overcome those blind spots. Um, so as a whole, I think it's another way as leaders uh, we can look into every nook and cranny of our company just like you would your vehicle for preventative maintenance. Um, it's just so important to yeah not not have those blind spots and you know have the accountability with each other yeah yeah those conversations can certainly be tough mm -hmm. especially in the last two years politically and religion or things that do unfortunately un impact our business more so today than it did prior to the pandemic but they're necessary um which is also goes back to why your leadership ne team needs to align with the core values of your business what 
sets you apart as a business and what makes an impact for your business. If, if your leadership team isn't along with your mission and your core values, it's going to be really hard to see um, as close to eye to eye as possible or be able to create a different scenario or help see those blind spots mm -hmm. that you might not see. I know when I take my car in to get maintenance, they like to tell me about some blind spots mm -hmm. that maybe help their sales. Right. Maybe it's not necessarily <laughs> just for my car. Um, but I may not have known that um, maybe my windshield wiper fluid was getting low because yeah. I can't see it or my <laughs> air filter. I feel like it's always the air filter. It's always the air filter. <laughs> And I'm like, I feel like my air is pretty clean. Maybe it's the air I don't feel like it needs it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether that's a sales tactic or it's actually to help protect your car, right. um, it's vital to get it checked up or else you won't actually see those. Yeah, exactly. I think something really cool that we do as a leadership team, in addition to what we just talked about with our um, plans and our SWOT analysis, is we're committed to reading a book together. Mm -hmm. um, we've kind of planned out each quarter a book that we're going to read and right now we're reading um, dare to lead by Brene Brown and getting wisdom and getting business advice and just looking at someone who's done it ahead of you is so vital to mm -hmm. strengthening your team and seeing other perspectives so even like you ask about kind of how we all bring certain things to the team looking outside of your community and mm -hmm. seeing other companies or other thought leaders who are paving the way mm -hmm. can be pivotal. Cam, I know that this is something that you've invested a lot of time into of looking at other leaders and finding ways to um, emulate the strengths that you've seen in them and also kind of tossing away the, um, the not so great. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, so many resources today than there was 10 years ago when I started my business. There wasn't, I mean, there was podcasts, but it wasn't really a thing like it is today. And certainly there was books, but it wasn't as um, popular to read books, especially at the young age that I started my business. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely ways that you should rely on people who are doing something similar to what you do at least and listening to their advice. We've tried to um, start that and be that for the community of rental companies. And so, of course, we love doing this podcast for you, which is what we're doing right now, but also investing in other people. Um, investing your time in books and other podcasts or online courses is really, really great. Um, we have a kind of a portal of all the education that we've purchased over the years. And there's not just one in there. There's probably 10 to 15 different online courses that um, someone on our team has taken. Um, and those are floral ones, there's business ones, there's education ones, there's so many different types of things because we have so many different types of services for our business. But looking at other products and other um, ways to grow your business is really, really great. And I think needs to continue to happen. There's never a point in business that you are like, all right, I know all the things right. and I don't ever have to listen to a podcast ever again. You should probably stop being business You should probably go work for someone now. Yeah. You'd probably be a pretty great vital person yeah. for someone. But um, yeah, it, it, it's very important that you continue to invest in yourself. Um, one of my favorites is John Maxwell and he is in his 70s and he continues to invest in himself as a leader, even though he's like, the king of leadership, 
he still invests in himself as a leader. I feel like there's always something to learn. It's kind always. of like we've talked about this before, but the growth and fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And uh, didn't Carol Carol Dweck Dweck mm-hmm. write a book yeah, we called read that Mindsets? One. Yeah, yeah, and just how pivotal it is to continue having a growth mindset. And she does so much research on it, and yeah. it's such a great book. It's a yes. it's a it's a stiff book. Yeah, you. It's. I don't even know that I finished it. I don't think I finished it. But we read a <laughs> we lot did. of the really great yeah. stuff of it. Yeah. But it it does talk about your growth mindset versus a, a fixed mindset, and the fix is so easy to get into a mm-hmm. routine and what's comfortable. And even though you might think, "Well, I'm so growth mindset," it's really easy to overlook some of the things that keep yeah. you stuck. And she just really encourages in the book to maybe get out of those comfort comfort zones. Certainly there's places that need to be fixed. Um, but there's a lot of opportunity when you have a growth mindset. Um, also a really great book. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard to understand if you're on track with overall goals as a business without having key performance indicators. Also a corporate term, KPIs. We've set this up by category by our teams. And then even further with the projects also. In short, we determine our overall goal, a deeper why, which goes back to what Kaylee's been talking about, is this why to what we're doing. And then we track if we're on track or not. For the overall goal as render, our goal is to be seen as an industry leader across events and education for the rental community. We have a defined why, and then we track this based on our revenue and engaged communities through our platforms and students. Kaylee, how do we track our marketing and sales goals? Yeah, so our mark, our creative goal, and that plays into marketing, is that render brand, render brand is viewed as a trend-setting and design leader in the rental industry. This kind of plays into our overall goal. Um, and the way that we do this is we will be executing two lookbooks per year, um, as well as creating content that inspires our community. Um, the reason why we do that is, one, the lookbook helps give us content that inspires the community. Um, it also gives us the ability to be the trendsetters that we want to be and that we hope that we are. Um, that gives us the space and the project in order for us to be able to execute the ideas that we have that maybe some of the clients um, that we have haven't executed or wanted to utilize for their events. And the way that we track this is through engagement. So through almost all of our social platforms, engagement is the one that we really want to track because your follower count, your reach count, great. You um, should hopefully have a good following so that you can um, have a better reach. Um, But if you have those things and you don't have engagement, then you're kind of wasting your time almost in the kindest way that I can say that um, because that means that the the community that is following you isn't looking at your content they're not enjoying your content they're not engaging they're not liking they're not commenting they're not looking at your feed and so if you start to notice that your engagement is low um, you might want to tweak some of the things that you're pushing out and test we do a lot of testing in our creative team and we push out a lot of different content to see what's sticking. Um, and so that's kind of how we track those. Yeah. Super important. Um, once a quarter, we also for sales, we have a goal that we want to have a minimum event of $40,000. We do this through intentional marketing, which goes back to our creative team and expansive services that we provide. So that means we're buying additional product, we're pitching, 
uh, really cool designs. And it's really important that you continue to grow in those areas so that you can have those big clients that you dream of having. I remember dreaming of having a $5,000 contract a long time ago. And there was wild. I know, I know. And you might be in that spot and that is perfectly okay. And that's awesome. We all have to start somewhere. I don't think if we got our first $5,000 contract until after like six or seven years of business. So you probably are going to hit that sooner than us because there wasn't a rental podcast. There wasn't a rental course when we started. Um, And so I hope that you hit that $5,000 order sooner than I did. Um, But since then, we've been increasing and we've been pushing ourselves further in, um, in bigger contracts than that. And so it's important to understand how do we get that and are we hitting those? Sales is a little harder or a little easier to track because it's just your numbers. It's tracking through reports. Wherever you send your quotes out, you should be able to track that through a report, whether you use Good Shuffle Pro, which is, of course, our favorite inventory tracker, or any other um, online inventory and sales trackers. Um, Pretty easy to track that one, but we definitely will check that out in our KPI uh, section of our meeting. I want to provide a note real quick here. If you are a business that does not strive for $5,000 quotes, $40,000 quotes, and you are a business who is hitting your goals and your goals, though may look smaller compared to those numbers, your impact is likely just as much as that number value. And so we hope that that number does not make you feel like you are not dreaming high enough because our goals are very different because of the scale um, that we have chosen to set for the business. If it was my company, I probably would have maxed out at 5,000 and been like, wow, I did it. Like I got to create what I wanted to create and I got to work with a community of creatives and that fills my tank. Cam is very different from me. Cam is like always trying to push the envelope and is looking to max out the goals that we have set. And so Don't take that as I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough as a business leader. You are. If you are aligned with your values, if you're aligned with your mission, then keep going. Yeah. Hugely important to think because I think if I would have started my business again and was listening to this podcast, I would have heard 40,000 and like, well, shit, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. My business isn't successful. I'm not good enough to be doing this. And that's just not true. It's just not true. Um, So set realistic goals. It's important when we goal set, we always use the SMART goal um, mindset. And so if it's not attainable, if it's not uh, strategic, if it's not um, timely, and if it's not all the things that should go into your goal, then it's unrealistic and you're going to be disappointed. So make sure you're keeping these KPIs and goals aligned with where you're at in business. Um, it's super important to keep that in mind. Yeah, as far as the operations side goes, um, one way that we track our goals is through post-event surveys. And so I do think um, it that right now is the only way that we have, you know, tracking of how we're doing operations on site as far as our installation team and retrieval uh, team. Um, I think also um, one thing that I like to tell our crew that are, you know, is delivering is to keep in mind these other goals that we have as a company, because 
there at the end of the day, kind of that face-to-face person with our client that can also help impact, you know, the sales goal or the, you know, creative thing if they have a really great idea. So um, definitely it plays a part into those as well. But um, for right now, it's just the post-event surveys that um, we track to see what our customer satisfaction is, you know, after an event. Yeah. And I don't know if you have anything to add on that. I wasn't. I mean, we, we track it through that, but we also, in our monthly meetings, we'll track the organization, the cleanliness, mm-hmm. and of how we're feeling as a team. Um, I think most people think of KPIs or goals as number-related, very similar to marketing or sales. Marketing, you want a specific number for your engagement, or you're, you have a goal of a follower count or something like that. Um, and sales obviously is a number related. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's hard to track for operations because it's not a number related. Right. Um, but there are certain aspects of operations that you can track to make sure, you know, is your warehouse spick and span or mm-hmm. is it a, it looks like a tornado went through it. Right. Um, certainly there's times still as a business where it looks like a tornado went through our warehouse mm-hmm. because of really, really busy events. Uh, but how quickly can we get back on track? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, Definitely things that you can track when it comes to operations, even though it might not be a number following or sales number. Speaking of numbers, we review our budget. Um, We actually did right before this podcast recording, and we spend that on uh, based on where we're at, what's going on with our team. As the leader of the business, I look at this weekly and monthly, but we also look at it as a team together quarterly. Gabriel, why do you feel like being a part of the budgeting Um, meetings is important to your teams and what you can expect yeah and I think you know it does come down to expectations of as I'm leading and as you know my the warehouse crew is coming up to me and asking certain things being aware of the budget provides me more clarity on what our yeses can be especially when it comes to like a special project or uh, equipment that our warehouse guys are needing for those projects or something else like cleanliness Um, so we have a list of warehouse wants that stays in our weekly ops meeting and that just kind of helps, uh, prioritize the the bigger purchases as well as keep our finger on the pulse of, you know, what our team sees as tools, uh, to help with the day in and day out of, uh, of operations. Um, and like I said, knowing what we can say yes to. Yeah. Super important. Mm -hmm. Um, what is your favorite part of being a leader to your specific teams? Gosh, well, I love being creative. Obviously, why I'm head of creative. There is something so personal about being creative. You are putting your ideas, your heart, your soul, a lot of times into ideas that you are creating and putting out into the world. And so it's an honor to get to facilitate that and to get to encourage our team to explore those new ideas. One thing that I heard this last week from a, I actually got it in an email, a marketing email. Um, someone, a business owner had said, a business that relies solely on your creative ideas won't go nearly as far as a team. And I can say, as a leader, I've struggled in the past of allowing other ideas to enter into our creative. Uh, you have a vision for what you want certain things to look like, or you have defined 
certain parameters for your brand and when things kind of fall outside of that it can be really easy to say hey actually that doesn't align that's not going to work what I've challenged myself with and what I've grown in um, is taking those parameters and providing boundaries that are helpful for our team and when something kind of falls outside of that helping them come back into coloring within the lines almost um, and allowing our team to grow new skills um, and flourish in new ways um, and also opening myself up to knowing that I may not have all of the answers and I don't have all the skill set and so while I could do something TJ could probably do it better and she has our reels she knocks out of the park um, and so getting to come alongside of our team and getting to see them flourish is really exciting for me. Yeah, I think my favorite part of leading the ops team specifically is figuring out what it is that I personally can do to influence, kind of like what you're saying, Kaylee, of like how do we champion them almost, uh, but to influence, strengthen, or even um, just help make their job easier at the end of the day. Um, and so also stepping into this position more recently, I kind of hit the jackpot because I did inherit like two really hardworking people with Dom and John. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the big needle moving results. Like we talk about in our core values. So, you know, coming in recently, it's been kind of a joy because I'm also getting to focus more on how do we promote the other half of that core value of living well and, and balancing work and life and, you know, how can I help them um, with that? So that's been my favorite part thus far. Um, but yeah, I think seeing them thrive is a huge part of it as well. Yeah. I lead the sales and floral part of our team. And I think one of my favorite parts is being able to see um, my team make connections with other vendors and other community members. For so long, it was just me doing networking or it was just me leading the team, or it was just me doing sales. And it's really exciting to see other people on the team, Kaylee, for example, being able to really connect with one of our really big clients that comes twice a year, or Kathleen being able to show up at a networking event and be able to make her own connections and see her really network really, really awesomely. Um, and then Allie with our floral teams being able to lead our freelancers and really make sure that they're taken care of, that details are taken care of. It's really exciting to see that because like I said, for so long, it was just me. Um, and I was doing all the networking and I was making the connections. And then as I grew people on the team, like Kaylee, like Kathleen and TJ and Gabriel and all these other people, I can see them now making formations and um, sometimes even friendships outside of work. Uh, with our clients and that's really exciting to see all right to finish our podcast today like we finished the rest of our team series I have three questions for both of you to answer Kaylee what is your favorite memory of working at Render there's a lot I'll have to say I've had four four years and six months of memories to cull through but I would say probably one of my favorites is um, we worked with Hennessy last year and it was in um, Oklahoma City that we worked with them. And we basically packed up majority of our warehouse, floral, 
We packed up my Jeep. We had styling stuff. We were crammed into two vehicles and Brooke, John, and Jean, we all traveled across Texas up to Oklahoma and executed this event for Hennessy. And we all stayed in an Airbnb together. It was probably one of the coolest Airbnbs. I made sure <laughs> that it was a cool Airbnb. Um, and we, we worked super hard. Brooke and I ended up uh, working on site for the event um, as like assistance for the main planner. And we like hustled. I don't think we got to the Airbnb the first night until like 1 a.m. and we had oh, eaten wow. dinner. And so we went and got pizza and just had all this pizza. <laughs> and John and Jean were like chowing down on pizza and watching Girl a movie. Guys. And they're like, hey guys, wanna watch this movie with us? And Brooklyn and I were like, uh, no, we're exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was just a really fun bonding experience. Yeah. And also it was just a really, a really cool event. And yeah. it was really cool to get to see our team on site it was the first one that brooke had really been had a heavy hand in and so it was really fun for her to experience it mm -hmm. and to get to experience it along with her um so i think that's one of my favorite memories yeah. love that gabriel what's your favorite memory yeah so if you didn't listen to the operations uh episode i talked about the story when we moved the floral fridges into our old warehouse oh, back in the day oh god it's such a it's just a, such a funny event in my head uh, that lives on of just all of these you know grown men struggling to lift up a broken garage door while also loading in this really heavy refrigerator um it was just yeah a very fun time funny event with a lot of people there after we had just gotten back i think from mm. doing like an event pickup so back then could you have imagined doing what you do now no not at all <laughs> that, that's also yeah i guess that's, that's true that's very funny to think about like I used to run and do installs and retrievals, and then now here I am making a podcast and talking about those times as my favorite memory. <laughs> yeah. Like at one point, while you guys were moving that, I think you guys all just broke out laughing. Yeah. Because you were like, <laughs> what are we even doing I right know. now? Yeah. You know, one of my crazy The ideas. saddest thing is we didn't keep that fridge for very long. We didn't. I think luckily Sorry. though we we did move it though the, to our new warehouse that we're in now. I think we fixed the garage at that point though, because mm -hmm. I remember we had to get that garage door fixed. So I remember. Yeah. Oh, at least that'll be. Yeah. That was a little fun. bit easier. <laughs> way out. Cam, what's your favorite memory? Has anyone asked you this? No yet? one's asked me yet. You're um, welcome. My favorite <laughs> memory is always our Christmas parties mm -hmm. because it is just a time that we get to be together with not only our employees, but we also invite our significant others as well. And so it's a fun time. One year we went to the Statler Hotel, which was, um, it still is, but it's like a fancy hotel where they had an arcade and bowling alley at the bar and ping then pong. ping pong we had a ping pong tournament i won will and i won <laughs> it I is we have a photo of proof of that um and then afterwards we went down to the speakeasy and just like had so much fun we just chatted and all of that um and then this last year we did a um a more relaxed movie we watched the elf which is my favorite christmas <laughs> movie i won on that discussion 
Um, but we just catered in just a nice dinner and just had family style dinner at the table. And it was just such a fun time where we connected. Mod cubes out and Mm -hmm. a big pop-up screen, felt like a drive-in movie. We had a popcorn machine. Yeah, we did. It was in hot cocoa. And then the year before that, we did a scavenger hunt in our warehouse, (laughs) which there was, it was fun because we got to see some competitiveness that we didn't know existed. This makes you really excited for this coming oh, ready. Christmas party. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite things to like collaborate with PM on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nobody knows what we're doing until the Christmas party. Oh, we might fun. leak some details every once in a while, but it's so fun. It is fun. All right. Gabriel, what is your favorite event that we've done? So this is actually back to when I did work um, prior um, and when we went to the AT&T Stadium. It was just really cool because we got to go into this huge venue. We got, we went underneath in the garage. So we were like underneath the actual stadium, the football field. And then we got to go all the way up to like, you know, some of the top floors and just kind of look at this at the time because there wasn't any events happening. This empty stadium and just see kind of behind the scenes of how something at that scale works. Um, So that was, yeah, one of my favorite events. So if you know me, you know I'm a big brands girl. Like mm-hmm. I love my brands and I I champion heart after the brands that I support and love. And so while this isn't like necessarily one event, anytime that we get to work with like my dream client or like a brand that I love, I just lose it. <laughs> I truly like am so excited about it. And the best part is coming home and telling my husband. Like, hey, guess who uh, stood at our bar? Or yes. guess guess what brand like we worked with over the summer last year? We worked with Michelob Ultra, and I came home and told him he was like, oh, do we get free beer out of it? <laughs> and I was like, no, you don't get free beer, but you do get this really cool like bottle cap opener because they're yeah. extra. Yeah. And so it's really fun getting to work with all of those brands and yeah. also they all present different challenges mm-hmm. and all different designs, and so. It's really cool. And it's cool to say, hey, we worked with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, My favorite events that we've done, I actually was thinking about this the other day. I think since I started my wedding planning company, I've done probably close to 5,000 events. Wow. Which is crazy. It's like mind boggling. Yeah. But then you look at people like LaForce and they're like, oh, we do 1,200 events a year. And we're like, well, that's because (laughs) you can like push it out so quick. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of events and there's so many that stick out for so many different reasons, whether it's a really cool partner that we worked with of a brand or whether it's an incredibly in love couple that's getting married or one of my own uh, family members that's gotten married or something like that. I think my favorite one is the account that we just got with the Cowboys only because, and this just goes to show my personality because I worked so hard to get them. Mm-hmm. And because they're such, like being in Dallas, they're a very untouchable client to get. You can't just call up Cowboys and be like, hey, can I do your event for you? They're like, no, you can't. <laughs> we don't know who you are. So it took years of networking, years of meeting my client at a networking event over and over and over and trying to help her remember my name every time I talked to her. So now I have her cell phone number. I know where Jerry Jones lives yeah, and have done events for them. Um, a couple times before the pandemic, we actually like started doing it right in the end of 2019. 
And uh, then, you know, COVID happened. But now we're working with them a ton more. We just did draft week a couple weeks ago, which was so fun and so challenging at the same time. Um, so that one, it's not a specific event, but it's a specific client that I'm super excited that we finally get to work with mm -hmm. quite a bit. All right, last question. What is your favorite core value and why? I love them all, all for different <laughs> reasons. But if I had to choose, and I think this has always been my choice, is we choose joy. And I think the reason why is I think it's so important to celebrate the people around you and to encourage the people around you. And so the fact that we have a core value that allows us to do that and reminds us to do that, one is crucial because it makes us better and it makes us an environment where people want to walk through the door. Go read a core value. That's what it says in there. <laughs> um, but also I think it's very important to cultivate gratitude because it can be really easy to get bogged down with what's going wrong or the hard things that are happening. And the simple act of choosing joy and being grateful can radically change your life. And I think if I were to ask everyone on our team of core value that they tangibly can feel, it would be this one. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big feelings gal. So mm -hmm. I think that's why. <laughs> yeah. I think if you actually go back and listen to episode six of this podcast, which was now over a hundred episodes ago, you started the podcast by saying, I think this is my favorite core value. And it's still true today, still two years later. We love the consistency. That's right. <laughs> Gabriel, what's your favorite core value in life? So speaking of consistency, mine used to be servant leadership just because that's what I said in my interview. That's what I said in the last, last podcast. I decided this week I would change it up because this is what I'm challenged by most right now is work hard and live well. Just finding that balance for myself as well as our team. Um, and uh, I think that's a, just a really good good core value to uh, to focus on. Yeah, something that we don't always remember all the time. Um, my favorite core value is plan to succeed. Also, Why? Because you're an Enneagram 3? Because I'm an Enneagram 3. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think it's really important because for so long I didn't plan to succeed. I just did what my gut felt like we should do. <laughs> that is so true. It is true. It's not surprising. It is so yeah. true. And now that it's a part of our core values, it's such a good reminder. And we say these every single week. So it's like a forced remembering of, wait, hold on. I can't just go do whatever I want to do. We have to plan to succeed. And oh, yeah, I have a team also that I can involve in these um, big, grandiose ideas that I've got. And having a plan to succeed is super important. Something that even though I'm an Enneagram 3 and I've always been that, I have to remember and I have to practice continuing to do that because I think naturally you just want to do whatever it is that you want to do, but without a plan, it's going to crash and burn. It will. Um, and so that's my favorite. That's a good one. I think it's funny and cool to see that as us three being like the leadership team for our company, looking at the core values that we're drawn to and also looking at the teams that we lead and how they correlate in yeah. such a like complementary way I think yeah. that's really, really cool and to each of our personalities as well that's, yeah <laughs> no surprise there I guess yeah <laughs> all right well thanks for listening to this episode the team series of the render podcast we're so excited that you were here if you have not listened to the rest of this series 
highly encourage you to do so. Um, you'll hear from our sales team, our creative team, our operations team, and floral team. And now you've listened to our leadership team. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.